You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Erica. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. So April is the month that both of us celebrate wedding anniversaries. 17 years this year for you and 12 years this year for me. And in honor of those, we usually like to do a marriage or relationship topic. So today we're going to be talking about equity in marriage or partnerships. Obviously, we're coming at this from both being married, but these dynamics definitely come up in all kinds of relationships. So we'll talk about how to untangle equity from equality, what role money has in finding equity in marriage, plus the specific areas in our relationships where we've worked to find equity and where we're trying to improve. So happy anniversary to us both. Happy anniversary. But first, what's been happening around your neighborhood? I organized my in- my linen closet. Oh, I love this. Tell me more. And I'm very proud of myself. I am finding the basket system of like one whole sheet set goes in love one that. basket that is labeled. So like okay. these are the bed. This is the sheets for the girls' bed. That way when they're changing sheets out, we just have like one extra set. They gotcha. can just like take the dirty ones off, grab that whole basket, go make their bed. And we did the same for like you know, guest towels, um, sheets for the air mattresses. Like I just labeled everything. There's still a couple of things I wanted to do. Like I want to get um, like a comforter cover for extra pillows and things we have, like mm-hmm. for if people are sleeping over or whatever. Um, but I got rid of a whole pile of things even after, did I tell this on the podcast that I restuffed my upstairs couch with extra linens at oh, one point? I don't think so. So the the back pillows of our our couch upstairs were getting like just really flat yes. and not that supportive anymore. And I had all of these extra linens from like a queen bed that we don't even have anymore and all these things. And I was like, well, they're just going to go to Goodwill anyways. Why not do this? So I like refirmed up the pillows and they're lovely now. So, so I d- smart. Even after doing that, I still had stuff to get rid of. So um, yeah, I just am really excited. That sounds like a I, great I had update. room for like my seasonal Christmas books and stuff like that up top. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds glorious. I would love to do something similar. I don't think I have quite as big of a space as you. So it's like space is a limiting factor, Mm -hmm. but the way that you organize, that is what I aspire to do. And I think maybe I can find spaces in other rooms. It might not be able to be all in the Mm -hmm. same spot, but also my linen closet just gives me some heartburn every time I open that door. All right. Well, what is happening for me is that I have been exploring homeexchange.com. Have Mm, you heard of this? I have heard of this. So this is like Airbnb or Verbo where you can list your house and stay in other people's houses, but you don't pay money. And you might have have to feed a cat or water some plants. Yeah. It's kind of like the holiday, the movie The Holiday, right? It's exactly like the holiday. So you can arrange a mutual swap where you go stay in someone else's house while they stay in your house, or you can pay points or earn points if it's not a mutual swap. Okay. So my sister-in-law has been doing this for several years now, and so that's how I heard of it. She's just had some amazing travel experiences with her family. Mm -hmm. She's only had great experiences, and people have stayed in her home. And so anyway, just... I was curious about it through her, 
And then just kind of thinking towards the future as we want to do more traveling with our family, Mm -hmm. traveling with five people. And it just felt like that could be a way that could kind of make it a little bit more affordable. But then my sister-in-law has just shared that you just end up maybe going to places or experiencing a new place Mm -hmm. in a way that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. by like staying actually in someone's home. So anyway, I am excited to check that out. And I would love to hear from listeners if they are on home exchange and just any tips that you have. So maybe one day we can swap houses. Yeah, so fun. (laughs) All right. So before we start our topic, just a note. So we have a whole episode about the division of household labor from July of 2020, which is a great companion to this topic. We'll probably touch on some division of labor in this episode, but that's the one where we really get into the nitty gritty. So if you missed that, definitely go back and listen. Let's start with this. Having equity in marriage is really important to us both, but it can look different depending on the couple. So what does equity in marriage specifically mean to you? Um, To me, this means fairness, which does not equal. Mm -hmm. Equal. (laughs) Like it does not mean that you both do, you know, we split the chores down the half exactly, We, but that it feels like a fair workload for both of you in Mm -hmm. running your household, running your family. And respect so that nobody's opinion, schedule, priorities are more important than anybody else's in the partnership. Mm -hmm. And then just equally invested in sharing in the logistics of responsibility for your family. Mm -hmm. That's that's it for me. All right. Very succinct. I think I have a slightly wordier answer that arrives (laughs) at the same same place. I just feel like I was like thinking about this too in terms of philosophically and emotionally and then logistically. But so some notes, and these are just kind of like, almost like my brainstormed ideas, but each one felt important. Okay. So feeling that we are a team and that we're always in each other's corners, Mm -hmm. that I feel seen and heard and that I'm seeing and hearing Chris, which to me includes feeling appreciated for my contributions Mm -hmm. and appreciating him and that I feel supported in my interests and pursuits And also that we can have conversations about our relationship or things we disagree on, and we can hear each other and come up with solutions together. So that's kind of philosophically Mm -hmm. and emotionally. Logistically, to me, this means that Chris and I are both willing and capable of doing any tasks that need to be done to parent our kids, manage our household, but that we share that workload in a fair way, Mm -hmm. like you said, that feels fair to us both, and that we can also have conversations about the division of labor and are open to change. Mm -hmm. So in reflecting on all of this, I would say I think Chris and I do a great job of this overall, but also just want to note that we aren't doing this perfectly all the time. Yeah. You know, and it's like a constant progress. It's like a constant evolving thing, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. And so I did just want to make that note because I feel like a lot of the things I I will share some things in the episode where I feel like we've worked through something or what we're working on. But Mm -hmm. some of these two are like that ideal that I think is the shared ideal for both Chris and myself, but it doesn't mean that we're ideal all the time. That it's working out that way. Exactly. And I had, I had this thought and this phrase came to me that I think is so important. Equity is something you practice, not achieve. Ooh. So like we're saying, it's like, it's that conversation Mm -hmm. and you, and you might get a little off, just Mm -hmm. something new comes up in life or new phase that your kids are in. Yes, exactly. Different. Like one of you is suddenly super busy or Mm -hmm. super excited about pursuing this new thing. So equity is something you practice, not achieve. That feels important. Yep. 
so many conversations and tensions around equity in marriage or relationships, I think, come down to time and money. So let's dive into each and share our thoughts and experiences. And let's talk about time first and specifically touch on equity in terms of how we spend our days, supporting each other's personal interests, and taking care of kids. Okay, so this is something too, and again, this points to like the progress over time and the evolution of what equity has looked like for us at different times. So I just kind of went back to early on and I was even talking with Jeremiah about some of this, like how did we work some of this out or like what are your thoughts on this? So, you know, he was saying that he feels like equity means that everything that's getting needs to be taken care of to like run our household is getting taken care of, but that both of us have equal say and equal ability to like be a whole person. Mm, without like we each have our own pursuits we each have our own friends whatever but also like that that's not more important to one than the other and I do think early on in our marriage like I was a new teacher I was so tired um what we needed on like a Friday night for example was so different like I felt like I had been hit Mm. by a train by Friday night and he was like itching to go out and be with friends and whatever and definitely at that point I think there was a bit of an imbalance between like like that was supposedly more important because he he needed to get out. Mm. So it, w- it wasn't approached in like a very good communicative way where it was like, okay, if you want to go out tonight, that's fine. I don't really want to, but can we maybe stay in and watch a movie tomorrow mm-hmm. night or next weekend? Or like we weren't working that out in a fair way. It was like, I need this. Well, I need this. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Like whoever yeah. talked loudest got what right. they what, you know needed. Um And we made those things mean something, I think, at that Mm. time that they didn't. And I think we're much better now at like hearing and seeing, like you said, what each other needs and letting that just be okay. Like you can just be a whole person, Mm -hmm. you know, and whatever you need is fine. So, and, you know, honestly, early on too, we both worked full time. We both had at least a 30 minute commute. So Mm. in terms of like household division, though, it was like all hands on deck, like whoever can make dinner tonight's making dinner. Who's picking something up on the way home? You know, I do think that both of us working full time kind of necessitated that. And maybe sometimes that's a little bit easier because it feels more like equal. I don't know. Like you have equal Um, amounts of time to dedicate to housework. But then I will say, and we heard this from listeners too, when I asked on Instagram, like becoming a stay at home mom changed things quite a bit mm-hmm. um, because it's it's such a different experience than both of you working outside of the home full-time all the time. So when we started even talking about kids, I knew I wanted to stay home if possible because I just knew for me that I wouldn't have the energy to do both, mm-hmm. to feel good about teaching and raising kids. I know plenty of people can. I just didn't think I could. But I really like love that even at that time, we were thinking about and trying for a family but like it wasn't happening and I thought, okay, well, I want to write this book. I have other things I want to pursue. And I just remember Jeremiah saying to me, like, you don't need an excuse. If it's something that's important to you, let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and I took, you know, a year and a half off before we had kids to write, to do whatever. And so, and again, we were in a lucky position to be able to do that. But I think at the time that meant so much that he's like, you don't need to justify it to mm-hmm. me, you know? And I think sometimes, especially as women, when we feel like we need to justify a lot about our existence yes. in society, to have a partner say to you, you don't need to justify like something being important to you. I think that that's really special. Um, and then, yeah, I stayed home when we had the girls and that was a time that I feel like the way 
the way we were spending our days so dramatically changed for me Mm -hmm. and it didn't change as dramatically for him because he was still leaving to go to work every day. I mean, obviously he was a new dad too. And so that was like a lot when he Mm -hmm. got home, but I definitely had a hard time with like the time part of it. Like you don't understand what my days look like right right now. Like I am hanging on by a thread Mm -hmm. and he was perfectly willing to help. But I think it took a while for me to be able to communicate what I even needed, like what would make it better, what would help me feel seen and understood and appreciated. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's often the case, like we, half the battle is both of you just being able to communicate Mm -hmm. what you need or what would feel fair to you. And like being able to be in touch with yourself and like reflect like, well, this is feeling stressful or this isn't feeling right. But why is it like, instead of just like blaming the other person, right? Like, do I need more time with you? Am I missing Mm -hmm. you? Or do I need more time for myself Mm -hmm. to do this other thing? I feel like sometimes that's so hard. And then we are so busy. Mm -hmm. You'd always have that time to just sit and like actually really collect your thoughts about it. Well, and another thing was that because I was home all the time, I took a lot of pride and ownership in how things were done with Mm -hmm. the girls and like around the house. And then when he'd come in to help, quote unquote, I was like, no, you're doing it wrong. And so I think another big part of it that we have to get out of our own way sometimes and and let the help be good enough how it Mm -hmm. is and not have it be about you just being in control, you know? So we had to work through that. Um, like now with homeschool, I'm in charge of that. And he's the main income earner, obviously. But then, you know, we found ways to work in time where I know I'm off duty Mm because I'm responsible for a lot more with them right now. And I mean, that makes sense. I'm a teacher, but you know, we found things like dad dinner where he's in charge and lots of time on the weekends. And he definitely leans more into like, okay, well, you've spent a lot of time with them this week. Like Mm -hmm. what else do you need to go do? Whatever. And it's just never been an issue. Like if I want to go away for the weekend or something like that, and maybe I'm just kind of sassy and have never thought Mm -hmm. about like, oh, is it okay if I like, that's just not my personality. Um, And same with him. Like, we're just like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I think, like I said, we've gotten better at communicating about that time Mm -hmm. and making sure we're being respectful of, you know, what that puts on the other person. But I I think a the level of communication necessary, especially once you have kids, just greatly increases. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that we just want people to read our minds mm-hmm. instead of just communicating with what we need or mm-hmm. stopping and taking a minute, like you said, to figure out what we even need and then communicate it. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot. But like, I feel like it's really changed in yeah. different phases of our marriage and it's just about communication, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's actually really interesting to to sort of look back and and talk through it mm-hmm. and talk through those changes now that you kind of are able to see that perspective mm-hmm. in that way. So, and I would say there have been some similarities in kind of my journey and how we're spending our days. So currently, I think most people will know Chris works full-time, mostly from home, but sometimes out of the office. And I would describe myself as working for myself part-time, writing my blog and producing this podcast, although not in a way that I earn significant right, income. Right. So that is always a little a little tricky to describe and maybe for some people to relate to. Um, we have childcare for Maeve three full days a week. So I have those work days and then I am Maeve's primary caregiver taking care of her on those other two days. 
So I will say, I guess when Chris gets home from work, that feels like, okay, from that point on, we have both been working during the day yeah. doing whatever it is. Our work looks very different. Mm -hmm. But then once once he's off work, it feels like, okay, now we are equal parents doing housework pretty equally, mm -hmm. or at least that's how I think it should be. I think mm -hmm. we both agree that it should be that way and maybe it kind of shifts week to week and season to season. Um, I guess I've been thinking about kind of a lot and wanting to have more conversations, honestly, with Chris about this lately. I think just realizing that it's not because we're really doing a bad job with the division of labor, but just that right now in this season of life with a toddler, just like everything takes more effort. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just hard. Yeah. And there's mm -hmm. just not the time in the quantities that we want, mm -hmm. but then the things that we necessarily have to do. And even the things that we have, I really don't mind cleaning, but I don't like cleaning when I'm also trying to do three other things mm -hmm. and I'm super tired. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's even like those things that have to get done that in a different time, I wouldn't mind doing it. Those are like kind of mm -hmm. feeling more stressful. Yeah. And so it almost does feel like lately we kind of need another conversation, just like, hey, let's just like check in. Like, how yeah. is this going? Or like, can I help you in this way? Or how could we do this mm -hmm. a little bit better? So that's just been um, kind of interesting. Um, another thing in terms of time and equity, supporting each other's interests, like you were talking about, without making the other person feel like they're causing a burden or making them feel guilty. Um, for us, this includes exercising, socializing with friends, you know, like outside of couple friends, traveling to see our individual friends and personal passions. And I feel like Chris and I both have a lot of personal passions <laughs> <laughs> um, for supporting each other's exercise. I would say that looks like us kind of like swapping off mornings yeah, take team yeah and just mm -hmm. being totally willing like yep I'm gonna have everything from you know when the kids mm -hmm. wake up until you get home and we'll just be taking care of things and not making you feel bad about and that literally and talking about that like mm -hmm. I have from six mm -hmm. o'clock until eight thirty, right with the kids or whatever yes. you know and like specifying the time mm -hmm. frame even that yes, you need. Yeah, exactly. And I will say too, an interesting thing about this that I think for us that I've just noticed is I am always willing to give the time that, that Chris needs, but I do like like having a time frame, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like if he wants to go get coffee or meet up Same. with a friend after a workout, that is totally fine. Mm -hmm. But talking about it in advance and just knowing like, oh, okay, he's going to be gone for two or three hours yes. as opposed to just an hour. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? That's a big deal oh, when huge. you're home with the toddler and you're like, where is he? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe specifically in this phase, in two years, mm -hmm. it might just be like, okay, fine. See you when I right. see you. Right. But right now it does make a yep. really big difference. And I would say just the same when either of us wants to go see friends, whether it's just, you know, locally hanging out with friends or we both have really good friends that live elsewhere. So we need to travel to see them if we need to solo parent for several days, anything like that, mm -hmm. you know, not making the other person feel guilty, but then also being whoever's the one that's going to be leaving, being really helpful ahead of that trip mm -hmm. to make sure that mm -hmm. the solo parent is going to feel as supported yes. as possible. I will say that... I am guilty of having a mini meltdown and did this recently. <laughs> so I will just be honest about that uh -huh. where Chris was about to go out of town. And I just feel like I was coming off of like several very full weeks and just had this like little I can't do it. meltdown. Uh -huh. But I do feel like I was able to recover and really appreciate Chris 
hearing me and not yes. overreacting to yes. everything I was bringing to him and then was able to just be like, you know what? I know I'm just stressful and I'm just venting. Thank you for letting mm-hmm. me vent. And I totally want you to go and have mm-hmm. an amazing time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was just, that was really great. And I feel like we've gotten to such a great place in our relationship too, where he's, you know, just like, you can vent to me anytime, just like text me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause I will say one thing, I know we've talked about this, like in our book club too, mm-hmm. like the thing that you should not do if, if you're the parent at home yes. with the kids is be, you know, texting <laughs> at five, five thirty. Well, the kids are screaming and there's nothing for the dinner dog all over the floor. Exactly. Yeah. Like there is a place for venting. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can, like give the person a heads up, like, Hey, I just need to vent. Like, are mm-hmm. you ready for that? But just like hitting that, hitting them, either person yes. with that. When it feels not very ready. loaded when it they're does. not the parent there. Yes. I will, I will say too, Jeremiah just went on a work trip that included like this tasting dinner in Napa. Oh man. Like, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I was just making snarky comments like, yeah. okay, I'll be, I'll be here with the grilled cheese <laughs> while you have your tasting multi-course dinner in Napa. But I I think we can joke about that yes. now because I do feel I think those things become extra hard when you don't feel like your needs are being met otherwise mm, and you don't yes. feel like like I know that he is earning money that this is like I'm giving him a hard time but also I know that he is like also funding our whole homeschool mm-hmm. our whole you know like that is a big part of his job right now and so I think I can joke about it when I'm not feeling otherwise like super depleted. Right. So he, and he's even cute about like, he said something like, oh, I just really like, we need to get our babysitter situation lined up because I want to take you with on the next time Mm -hmm. I have like a Napa Mm -hmm. thing or, you know, like they're right outside San Francisco. So like, we just need to go and you need to piggyback on a work trip. So just even those little ways of acknowledging like, yeah, you would really love it. And I'd love to bring you not just like, oh yeah, I was partying in Napa while you were cleaning up dog poo. And I will, I will say too, I think that, you know, the intent of your jokes is, uh, that's a playfulness versus hidden Mm -hmm. resentment. You know, I mean, just the intent. Exactly. You can like poke fun at each other. It can be like fun, almost flirty. It just depends Mm -hmm. on like where that's coming from. And I think that can, can go either way. Yes. And especially like, depending on your, your ability to even laugh at it, is mm-hmm. dependent upon how many reserves you have left, yes, right? Like totally. the one week the dog had puked, there was, I mean, everything was happening and it was like, well, I can also laugh at this because I don't feel at the end of my actual rope. Mm-hmm. So I can tell him, you know, in a joking text, these are the four things that happened here. Right. Hope you enjoyed your dinner. Right. <laughs> like just, yes. you know, but if you can't laugh about that and you're already like, I am at my max mm-hmm. all of the time, then something needs to give, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, it might be more than just your partner can yes. give. You yes. know what I mean? Exactly. Or those are like bigger conversations. So let's move on to money and marriage relationship equity and specifically how to feel equitable when there's uneven income earned between partners and how to find equity when you disagree about money. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. Um, so Jeremiah has always made way more than me. <laughs> he's in technology. I was a teacher. So he's, you know, he's always made way more than me, but it's also always been our money because yeah. we grew up together. I mean, we were right. sharing money before we were even married mm-hmm. and in high school he or college, he was helping me out with my car payment once in a while or whatever. Um, he's always managed the money cause he's just way better at it. Honestly, we've talked about that before. 
But I think we realized early on that I needed money that I didn't have to answer for. Yes. Because it's it's a very like condescending feeling. Not that they even intentionally mean to, but Mm -hmm. if you're the one making more money and you're the one managing all the money, you get to see everything that's happening, Mm -hmm. right? So you may end up asking like, oh, what was this you got on Amazon? Or what'd you get at Target? Just informational. Yes, but it feels very like I'm being checked up on and I need to answer for every dollar I spend of this money that is supposed to be our money. So Mm -hmm. we just found what worked for us is to have me have a separate bank account, have money set aside that I don't have to answer for, (laughs) whatever I want to spend it on. You know, we just budget that in. And then also like priorities about how to spend our money need to be valued equally. So for example, I may find that we need new furniture super important. He may find something much more like less fun, you know, like some sort of like plumbing thing that needs to be fixed or whatever. That's maybe not a great example, but we found that we were not equally valuing like Mm -hmm. the opinions coming in. It was like, well, no, how could you think a new couch is important when we have to fix this or that instead of just like laying it all out there? Okay. Mm -hmm. What are your priorities? What are your priorities for this month? Which ones should we, you know, how can we, what's Mm -hmm. most important and that both of us, no matter if I'm earning an income or not have equal say in how our money is being spent. Um, And then just having goals together um, in terms of like what we want to give or what we want to save, I think really, really helps. So, you know, knowing that we're saving for a cabin just Mm -hmm. feels like, like you said, like equity feels like you're on the same team Mm -hmm. and you have each other's back. So that feels like you're literally putting your money where your mouth is with that. Um, But yeah, in terms of like, we've talked about this before too, like Christmas, for example, Mm -hmm. I'm mostly in charge of Christmas. So I get you know, a chunk that we've agreed upon that we're going to spend at Christmas and I go nuts. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to talk about it. Or if we have decided, you know, we're going to do a big project like the backyard, it's like, this is what we're allocating towards that. And you decide what to do with it. Mm -hmm. It's just like acknowledging each other's strengths Mm -hmm. in the money department. Mm -hmm. So that, that works for us. Yeah. I have so many, yes, similar, similar things to say. So in our relationship, there has also always been uneven income earned. I always earned less than Chris. And then especially now when I'm not contributing to our household income, but similar to you guys, it has always been our money. Mm -hmm. And I just especially appreciate Chris's even more adamant about this than I Mm -hmm. am. And the language I think is so Mm -hmm. powerful, Mm -hmm. calling it our money. He will even say, well, we get paid next Friday. And he'll just say it so casually, like he just considers it our paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I just have to say that that means so much to me. It makes me feel like I am equal to him, Mm -hmm. even though I'm not directly earning the money. And it also makes me feel equally entitled to our money, which is, is true. And, but it just, it feels really good. So I, I think too, that this brings up, I think that it's so important that if I guess whether both spouses are working or not, but I think that we should see the contributions that the other mm-hmm. partner is making to to each other's jobs. You know, whether it's like, okay, yep, you've got to work a late function. Yep, I'll take bedtime. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just talking through like a stressful work thing or a thing with a colleague. Mm-hmm. And I think that if one spouse isn't working, certainly they have much more contribution than just like that supportive role of their spouse's job. But I think 
you, you also can't discount that yeah. support. And we do discount that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I actually feel like talking about it in terms of our money, we're getting paid kind mm-hmm. of helps remind me that there are many ways that I support Chris in, mm-hmm. in him earning that money and like us earning that household mm-hmm. income. So I, I really, really love that. Another way that we have equity in money um, in our relationship is that we have equal monthly allowances for Chris and myself for like the fun stuff outside of the needs and whatnot. And we're both just really supportive of one another spending money on their personal interests as the budget allows. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's just really important. And I've seen questions either from friends or blog readers or um, things like that, you know, where there is un equal income earned and like, well, how do we navigate? I want to spend on this and he wants to spend Mm -hmm. on this, just like you were talking Mm -hmm. about. And I really think it comes down to exactly what you were also talking about. I think having those bigger conversations about what's important, Mm -hmm. I will say what's important to us, just speaking Mm -hmm. from our experience, what's important to us individually and to us as a couple. And I will say, Chris and I love having these conversations. Right. So they they might come more naturally to some right. people than others. And so we naturally love having those. But if it needs to be something where it's kind of like more formal, like, hey, I, I really want to be able mm-hmm. to talk to you about this and mm-hmm. come with your ideas and things like that. And then we always have an annual bigger budget financial meeting to talk about that big financial stuff and Mm -hmm. then kind of looking ahead like well I know that I want to go see my friend this year so that's going to kind of be about this or I'm kind of thinking about this big purchase that supports Mm -hmm. one of my hobbies and so I think like you were kind of talking about just like listing out like Mm -hmm. here's all the big stuff we might like to do Mm -hmm. all right here's our budget so how do we make these fit how Mm -hmm. do we prioritize and then you're just all you're on the same page. You right. feel like you're on the same team. Like I said, and I feel like there. that pairs often with the schedule talk. Mm, like yeah. when we say time and money are two of the biggest areas where we see this like equity show up. I find if we're like weekly having a little bit of a conversation about money, time, what's mm-hmm. coming up this week, what's coming up, you know, down the road this month, a couple of months from now, and just regu- regularly checking in with that. I think yeah. we aren't maybe as formal about it as you guys are, but just like a Sunday coffee talk mm-hmm. about, you know, it, because they're all related, mm-hmm. right? And the, and all of those things are the things that you need to feel are, um, you know, equally shared in terms of the burden on any one yeah. person. Mm-hmm. So I just think that that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then kind of like at our little touch base meetings, I mean, you do, you just need an admin meeting Mm -hmm. every week, you know? I think that's also the place where we're addressing a lot of potential disagreement before it even happens, or we have those tools to address it. I will actually have more to share in a little bit about a recent conversation about money equity. So I'll get, I'll get into that in a minute. For our next discussion point, can you give some specific examples of where in your marriage you've had to work on finding equity and how you did that? And let's go back and forth and share. Sure. I'll just share more about our dad dinner because I feel like this was born out of desperation. And every time I share about it online, I get lots of feedback. Either people thinking like, yes, thank you for bringing this up because we do this now too and it has changed the whole week for me or people being like, how do you even go about, Mm -hmm. you know, bringing this up? So in our particular dynamics and what worked for us, I was finding, you know, obviously starting homeschool was like 
a lot of FaceTime with children that I was used to being in public school all day. And I just was finding myself like my introvert energy Mm -hmm. depleted. Like once I could really find out what was the school part wasn't stressing me out. I was loving that. I was loving the creative challenge of putting things together and whatever. Um, And that was all going great. But it was like, why do I feel so just depleted? And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, these children were away from me for eight hours a day and now they are here and I'm in charge. So you know, he works from home. And I said, what I, he was saying in one of these conversations, like, well, what do you need? What do you need? You know, it it ends up getting like contentious sometimes. What do you want me to do about it? Right. And I just said, you know, I really could just use like, you have jujitsu on Monday and Wednesday nights. I have book club like once a month, but I could just really use a weekly night where whatever I need to do, I can do it. And I know that I'm off duty Mm -hmm. because I am so on duty all week long. And he's like, okay, how about Tuesday? Like, it was like, (laughs) This whole big build up to right. like, he's like, uh, okay, that you we asked can do. for it, that we can do. And I said, no, but you need to understand, like, I need to not be in charge of dinner. Right. I need to not be in charge of any of the bedtime shenaniganry. Yeah. Like I just, I want to sometimes hide in my room and scroll my phone. I want to sometimes record the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going on and on and on. He's like, okay, got it. Yep. <laughs> Great. And, you know, and sometimes we'll talk about like, I'm making the grocery list. We're talking about the schedule and he's like, okay, could you get some frozen pizza for dad dinner night? Like Mm -hmm. I'm not making anything big. I have a meeting till Mm -hmm. six o'clock or whatever. So it's not always like sacred. You know, sometimes I get more time than others on Mm -hmm. that Tuesday night. Sometimes we have to switch it to a Thursday night, but it's this regular thing that I can count on. And I think sometimes when you're the stay at home mom, especially when you're the homeschool mom, it's like you're handling so much every day that you just kind of become the default person through nobody's mm-hmm. fault right? other than it just it seems to be what makes sense. Yeah. And you take that on without even realizing it and going, oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. I want a time where it is super clear I am not the default yes. parent. To the, to the point where we will tell the kids, like, no, pretend mommy is not here. You mm-hmm. need to go ask daddy. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm in the house, yes. like, la, 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 I right. don't hear you. And I go in my room and I turn my sound machine yep. on so I cannot hear the mm-hmm. hubbub right. and I, I keep my nose out of it because yep. that is something I had to learn also. Like if they're louder than they would be with me, mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. They're probably having fun with their dad or they're being really naughty and guess whose job that is right, right now? Not exactly. mine. Not mine. Not it. <laughs> so I take my chihuahua into my bedroom. <laughs> we lock ourselves in there. Um, and that has been just really, really huge. And I would really recommend it for homeschoolers, obviously. But even if you're just a stay-at-home mom, even if it's like, hey – you know, they, your husband also needs that night yeah. or your partner also needs that night. You can work it out. It doesn't just have to be like a mom break. Right. It could be Tuesdays are your nights, Thursdays are my nights mm-hmm. or whatever. Because I think what happens too is Jeremiah is a person who is super, super helpful, but he helps by doing. Mm-hmm. So what would happen was when he had extra time, he wants to like, go run that errand for me, go get my car right. washed, go do, you know. But I'm like, no, I just need you to be the human adult in charge and for me not to be. That's actually the most helpful thing you can do for a lot of Mm stay-at-home moms. So, but I had to, you know, because he's like, well, I help you. What else do you need me to do? I I went to Costco. I, you know, and it's like, no, I need this. Yes. This is what feels helpful to me and what would actually give me some breathing room. So don't be afraid to just be real specific about Mm -hmm. what you need. And chances are your partner's going to be like, oh, we can do that. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's one of the things that I will talk about too. And for me, it's, I always need to know when I'm going to be off duty. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that- I just need that light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) It's so important. And that is- totally valid mm-hmm. we Do all not we feel all bad. get to be totally off yes. duty yes. sometimes weekly ideally you know mm-hmm. if if that mm-hmm. is available every other week is mm-hmm. possible that is kind of more of a situation that chris and i have come up with but that is yeah that is really something for me i need to know what i'm going to be yes. off duty One area that I feel like I have had to have some like personal recognition about and that maybe we're still working towards, but it's just kind of has to do with the season of life Mm -hmm. is just for me to feel autonomy in my schedule Mm. and where, where I don't feel like I have autonomy is when I need to schedule something or I'm coordinating between like, I I don't know, a a couple of people, whether it's a social thing or a doctor's Mm. appointment or whatnot. And I do have my three daycare days, but I think it's been either the times before I had any childcare Mm -hmm. or like during a time where our schedule was super off or something. And I would just feel like so often I could not have the autonomy and the authority to just like put something on the calendar. I would always need to cross check with Chris's calendar, Mm. not because he cares, like he's happy to do whatever, but just because it would be like, well, this thing has to be on a Tuesday. Well, I have Maeve with me on Tuesday. So then it's like, well, can you, can you cover this? Or then if not, then I need to coordinate a babysitter. And the coordinating, Mm -hmm. I find the load of that, the mental load of that. Exhausting. Yep. I have just gotten, and I've just like had to vent to Chris where I'm like, I am so sick of coordinating Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind putting things on the calendar when I just look at what I have and like, oh, great, this works for me. But when it starts to be like these two, three, four moving pieces, oh, I just, I, yeah, I think it just feels unnecessarily complicated. And then I think there's just that frustration that I feel like I don't want to check with anyone. Yeah. I just want to do what I need to do. Right. Right. So. That has just been interesting. And I think just have noticed sometimes when I'm like feeling tense and like stressed out or like feeling mm-hmm. like, oh, this is all on me. Right. That that that's what the actual thing is. Yes. That sometimes that's the source of it. Um, and some of that has definitely been alleviated now that I have three daycare days. Which you can count on. Yeah. Exactly. Like that is just huge. And, you know, I think that has to do too with like, it's like I have to kind of balance between I want to protect my daycare days for my productive work, but then if I want to shift appointments or haircuts or anything like that to the evening, well, mm-hmm. then I have to, you know, like coordinate with Chris. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's, it's kind like, of, do I want to not coordinate exactly. or do I want my free yes, time? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that, that has been something that I think I've, I've like gotten some clarity on, but still, like I said, mm-hmm. season of life will still kind of come up mm-hmm. and just feel like, it, yeah, it can be kind of hard. Especially when you are, like you said, being a stay-at-home, you you can be the default person. So when all of a sudden you can't be the default person, even right. if it's for like an hour yes. appointment, you're like, well, right. nobody else has to figure out yes. who's going to watch the kids if they have right. a haircut. Like yes. it's just frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will talk about this one and all I'm going right. to, I'm going to get on some husbands here. Okay. Just buckle up ladies. She's got some strong feelings. I can because see it in her eyes. This is a thing that I see happen so often. And we had quite a few talks about in no uncertain terms when I saw it happening in our marriage. Mm. And that thing is that even otherwise helpful dads sometimes 
I'm picturing the scenario where you're having a pool party, for example, and now you all have children at Mm. the pool party Mm. in floaties, in various stages of being able to actually swim without drowning. In no matter how they can swim, needing to be monitored more mm-hmm. than, you know, a normal gathering. And you see a whole bunch of dudes at the back of the pool with their elbows on the pool and a beer in hand. Mm-hmm. While moms chase children to get swim diapers changed, mm-hmm. chase children with floaties, mm-hmm. readjust goggles. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say right now, this is some bullshit. This is some bullshit. Uh, and it started to happen because I think like Jeremiah was always super helpful with all the hands on, like, okay, we're totally. putting on the shoes, we're doing the things, who has to go potty? And then the bros would get there, <laughs> and it all of a sudden, like, they weren't helping, so then he wasn't helping. Right. And I'm like, oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. I am not making all the food for this party uh-huh. and watching our children to make sure they're not drowning right. while you lean back and have a brewski. <laughs> so we need to talk about, and it feels like one of those things, like, well, I want him to enjoy having friends right. over, but I also want to enjoy. Right. And there's no reason why I am the default mm-hmm. lifeguard yep. <laughs> because he he has other friends over. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about, like, how does that actually look? And now he's just so awesome. Like, the girls don't even need as much monitoring, mm-hmm. but he's like, okay, what else do you need? I was going to go clean up the backyard before everybody gets here. Do you need me to run to the store for any one more thing? You know, just yeah. really making sure to check in often. And I think yeah. even just that yeah. adds a adds a big, you know. I think kind of what you're talking what about is feeling seen. Yes. Like there was so much that you were doing and not that Jeremiah wasn't appreciative of it, yeah. but that really seeing like all this, like, and during the yes. party, like, look at all yeah. I'm doing. Like, do you see this child that almost right. drowned? Like, are you paying any attention? Right. What would happen if I was right. not here? But then instead of communicating, I was just being that default person. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? If you're always the default person, they don't see what you see. Right. Because you're taking care of it. Right. So you have to make that work and that like mental and emotional load visible Yes. by talking about it. Like yes. you do realize while you were having a beer, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was doing all of this, mm-hmm. right? And not, I think if we can talk about it ahead of time, if we can talk about it regularly, it becomes not this just thing where we harbor resentment, yes. you know? And that person might not even realize they're doing it. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, I thought everything was handled. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, exactly, because you didn't think about this, 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 mm-hmm. and this that had to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you just say it out loud, yes. they're more willing to help you. But I'm going to tell you right now, if your husband gives you pushback about the standing at the back of the pool with their elbows on the pool... <laughs> You need to have a come to Jesus conversation because that is not okay. You tell him to Erica wants to yeah, talk to I will, them. I will come for your husbands. <laughs> I just think that like we think we're asking too much sometimes. And if you stop and think about it, these children are equally yours. Mm, oh yeah. You are not automatically because your mom in charge of more than dad mm-hmm. at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Even if you are a stay at home mom who mm-hmm. is used to handling the things. Yeah. Give up control and also say what you need out loud. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm yes. off my soapbox. There you go. I, well, I'm going to go a little off script here. I do have one more thing to bring up, but this kind of is tangential or leads into something interesting that I was talking about with Chris when I was kind of talking about all this with him, like what does equity mean to you? And just kind of talking through 
lots of different things. I think what you said about having those regular conversations about just the division of labor or maybe what's feeling stressful or what's not working well for you. I think that is such a great way to just make all of that work visible, mm -hmm. like you said, because I think so many things we can just kind of fall into those roles. And while we appreciate each other in like, you know, a on, vague sense. Yes, yeah. exactly. We're not maybe really giving the person that appreciation that we need. So, so that is one important point. And then the other point is that Chris brought up, and I know this about him, Chris is actually like very kind of sensitive and aware of the cultural sort of trope of like the deadbeat dad yeah. that like yeah. never helps right. all of that. Like really grossed out by it. Yes, yeah. completely. And and he does not fit that trope mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. But interestingly, I think he's just kind of sensitive, like, you know, if just articles are written or something that just kind of vaguely, you know, like, oh, right. oh dads, dads never right. help or whatever right. it is. And that's just kind of interesting, mm -hmm. like, to From know. perspective. To, yeah, to, like, know about him and to keep in mind. And I think sometimes some of the media... I think it's it's like kind of both and it can be really nuanced. I think sometimes the media that we consume might be perpetuating. Yes. It's all on us and yep. dads don't do anything. Yep. And that might be true in some relationships and some circumstances, but you really have to be having those conversations because then I think that that gives the opportunity for the other partner to be like, I, these are all the ways that I see myself contributing right. and like to make sure that we're also seeing right. everything that they're doing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that was just like an interesting thing that he brought up. This maybe is more a little of the division of labor, but it came up but in our true. discussion. Yeah. Like we end up perpetuating these things we don't even mean to mm -hmm. and assuming that that's just the way it has to stay instead right. of like, oh, but I don't like chasing around the child with sunscreen at a whole entire pool mm -hmm. party. Could we even divide it up by like, okay, two right. o'clock, you're on duty. Right. Like I yes. can, you know, we're all here, but mm -hmm. I'm not in charge of their life at mm -hmm. this point. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well then I will share my last one that I had thought about. And this actually came up just recently and I feel like has a few different layers. So I'm going to kind of talk okay, let's through it with you. Yes. Okay. So this has to do with money, like around spending money to support mine and Chris's extracurricular activities and specifically Chris spending money on his like extra activities. And so this is kind of the situation. And I only like kind of just put everything together more recently. So Chris is someone who gets a lot of fulfillment taking up a new hobby or a yeah. new passion. And you know, he goes all in. Mm -hmm. This could be- And it's all over the board. Exactly. It's, yes. It's From all sewing kind of range to of interest, woodworking yes. to learning Japanese to just all of it. Yeah. And so often new hobbies, as we know, can cost money. Mm -hmm. Well, it will seem like once or twice a year, Chris will come to me and bring up spending like several hundred to a few thousand dollars right. towards one of these new passions, like for lessons, for yeah, materials. Instruments are not cheap. Exactly. All of that, yeah. For any of this. Um, what will also happen is that, so Chris, he just has his consistent salary income, our salary. But sometimes he has opportunities to earn additional income, like if he teaches an extra class in the summer, he does some consulting mm -hmm. or whatever it mm -hmm. is. So he'll come to me and kind of propose that he buy this new thing or do mm -hmm. this thing and then say, okay, I've, I've thought about it. I'm already, you know, I'm already earning this extra money. Right. And so that way it's not coming out of our budget. And so it's already like kind of paid for right. or whatever. 
And I always, of course, want to be supportive of his passions, but I kind of like step back and realize like I'm feeling like some tension mm-hmm. around that. And it like wasn't feeling quite fair. I think I realized several things. First of all, I don't feel like I'm always spending a big chunk of money on mm-hmm. one of on one of my passions, mm-hmm. but I'll kind of come come back to that in a minute. I think also it might occur to Chris that we have this extra money to spend because he's earning it above his salary. So it was above and beyond what we've budgeted for. So it's this like, right. quote unquote, kind Free of money. extra money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But then at the same time, like he's in a position where he's more easily able to do right. that. Like I'm right. not equally in a position where I can as equally just earn an extra $3,000, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know? And so anyway. And kind of, that comes with the time commitment most likely where you are going to be probably picking up some slack that's true on the time end of like that extra class he's teaching or that extra commitment yeah and that and that has that has happened sometimes so I think then when Chris recently brought one of these ideas up Mm -hmm. to me I was kind of putting all of this together and just (laughs) be like hold on with your powerpoint presentation wait a minute And just kind of like reflecting all of that back to him. And he was totally receptive and just feeling like, oh, like, of course, I always like want you to feel as equally supported and just kind of recognizing, you know, honestly, Chris would be as supportive if I came to him and was like, well, I want to take this $3,000 writing course. And he would be like, okay, we'll make it work in the budget. But I think almost... Because he's able to more easily earn that money, mm-hmm. he then thinks kind of, of those opportunities. Exactly, even. Yeah. exactly. And so it it was a really good conversation, and we need to talk about it a little bit more. And I think for me, it's also like, okay, well, I also need to be making sure that I'm not limiting myself, yeah. thinking of ways that I might want to invest in my own like creative development and stuff, just because. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have those extra like kind of earning opportunities yeah, like top of mind. And so I was proposing to him like, well, maybe at our, you know, annual budget meeting, we need to set a budget for each of us, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, and maybe it's not a budget or it's like each of us should be feel supported to like seek out one additional, maybe right. bigger cost thing. Right. And maybe we can't always do those in right. the year. But I think also I'm just like more of an under buyer. Yes. You yeah. know what so I mean? So you wouldn't even think yeah. to bring it up so or you would be like mulling it over in your head forever, yes. like talking yourself out of exactly. it before you even bring so it up. So I almost just like need some things put in place to give me permission. Mm-hmm. And some of that's on me, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not Chris right. preventing right. it. Like that's something I kind of had to like reflect on for me. So anyway, that was just like this kind of interesting thing Mm -hmm. that in otherwise when I feel very equitable and equal in our money that Mm -hmm. suddenly was like wait I I don't like this doesn't feel right but why and Mm -hmm. so interesting Mm -hmm. that that was just kind of interesting and how easy that can turn into like a resentful thing instead of having a conversation like hold on something feels off and I know you're not intending right for it to feel off but how could we make this feel Mm -hmm. better for both of us and 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 another thing that kind of goes to what you were bringing up before that's interesting is I think sometimes the bigger things that I might want to spend on are like home things yeah and then that's kind of tricky too exactly Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so I I still don't quite know how? I'm like, hold on, you sit on that couch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I still don't quite know yeah. how to compare that to like a musical instrument that only Chris would play. Right. Because the thing is, he he would be like, 
well, I don't think we need a new couch and I would never choose to spend money on a new couch. Right. You know, right. I mean, like not in like an accusatory no, way, I but know, in a but very real way. He really doesn't care. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so I feel like that's kind of interesting yeah. too. It kind of gets into like a gray area, but I do feel like that drives home the point of like the more communication yes, you're having yes. about it, you can work those mm-hmm. out. Because it is complicated it and is. there are those layers. Like you said, there's time and money and they inter- interact and you're earning potential and like yeah. all of it, right? Yeah. So, and mm-hmm. it can all change through different times mm-hmm. of life. So, all right. We said a lot. We probably Ooh. didn't say a lot that's important too. Yes. We, so. we might have a part two. We will definitely mm-hmm. be continuing the conversation on Instagram. We are High Girls Next Door, and we would definitely love to hear your thoughts there mm-hmm. and your wisdom. Let's move on to obsessions. What are you obsessed with? Okay. I shared this on Instagram and I shared it with you, Tell but me. the Infinity Pro by Conair, the Knot Doctor, it's called, Ooh. all-in-one dryer brush. Okay, it's yes. It's like one of these hair dryers yes. that has the brush built in. I've been in. so intrigued by these, so tell me more. I'll tell you what. So there's like a really expensive Dyson one, I think. Oh, okay. Or like the wrap situation yeah. where yeah. it like wraps up your hair, and I'm real scared of that. Like it's going to get tangled in right. there. But I, we've talked about before, I have a large amount of hair. Yes. It's very thick, and there's a lot of it, and it's long. And I just basically don't blow dry my hair. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of, if I want to do my hair the next day, I have to wash it at night, let it air dry. I don't have to, but I'm not good at the round brushing. I'm Mm -hmm. not good at getting it smooth with the hair dryer. So it doesn't actually help anything. And I get hot and it takes a really long, like it it seriously takes me probably. And when I get it blown out at the hairdresser, it takes me probably like a good 45 minutes to an hour to dry my hair. a long time. So it is a situation. So I was like, well, hey, I'll try this because somebody else had, oh, Elise Myers, I think, on Ooh. Instagram has very thick kind of unruly hair as okay. well. And so she had tried it and she's like, I'm going to try the cheaper one and see. And it was not sponsored. She just really wanted to like compare them all. And she really loved this one. So I was like, okay, it's $34. What okay. do I have to lose? This thing oh my gosh. is genius. Like it dried my hair so much faster. It actually smoothed it. Mm-hmm. You're literally just brushing your hair. Wow. And it's just dry. And it's just drying as you go. And then you're not having two hands. That's my thing, especially with long hair. Like yes. one, one hand, hand with the brush, brush, one hand with the, right. and then it's just blowing everywhere, right. like all in your face. This keeps it all Oh, I didn't even think about just the one hand. The one That's hand. huge. I'm telling you, this thing is going to be a game changer for me because I could actually wash my hair before an event yeah. and dry it, have time to dry it and like, Ooh. and even just like potentially leave my hair just like blown dry and right. that's it. Because really when I would blow dry my hair before because I was not good with the brush, mm-hmm. it was just big and frizzy. Right. Gotcha. So this is, okay. this is a game changer. Have you used it multiple times since you've gotten it? I used it once on me and then I wanted to try it on the girls because uh-huh. I wanted to try it on like different hair. Yeah. Um, so after they got out of the shower, I did it quick too. And How was it? It was great. Okay. And so much faster. I will say I think it works better to let your hair air dry just a little bit beforehand, gotcha. like not soaking wet out right. of the shower or you can right, still right. be at it for a while. Yeah. But just letting it get dry or rough drying it with a blow dryer mm-hmm. a little bit first and then using that to finish, it was – I was very impressed. I okay. sent you a picture with big eyes. Like, yes, look at this. You did. It was One side very was, impressive. And that hair that I blow dried – how do you say that? Blue dry? Blow blued, dried? Blued dried? Blued dried. <laughs> uh, had been wet up in a messy bun all day. Whoa. And then I just like took it down because it got there at night and I wanted to try it. So the one side was still wet, like half wet. Yeah. And then the other was like smooth. So that was even after being in a bun all day. 
I was okay, impressed. I have been super intrigued and have just heard like mixed results and then have felt very overwhelmed at all yes. the choices. So mm-hmm. I might be the Conair Infinity Pro. The not, not doctor. Not doctor. And that is what else I was impressed with because when I have tried to round brush and dry my hair, I feel like I get the brush tangled right. all the time. And none tangles. Okay. In me or the girls. And we have very different hair, all of us. So. Okay. All right. I'm putting this on my wish mm-hmm. list. Well, I am obsessed. I'm wearing it right now. It is my is new so Jersey maxi skirt. It is from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands. It has a very flattering high elastic waistband. Mm-hmm. Those are so flattering. So cute. I just got the black. It has pockets. Ugh, it's a great nice, length. Nice big pockets. Yep, yeah, like a little bit above the ankles. So the jersey is also just a really great weight, like heavy enough that it feels like very flattering, but not yes. so heavy that it feels hot. Mm. It has been getting really hot way too soon yeah, here, like in the 90s. Week. And so this was how I was like lifting my spirits. <laughs> like, okay, but at least I'll think about my summer wardrobe yeah. and I'll get a new breezy skirt. Yeah. So anyway, but I am looking forward to wearing this for the summer. Just a maxi skirt. You just put on a shirt, maxi skirt. You instantly look pulled together, mm-hmm. but so easy, so mm-hmm. breezy. So I will More be- More comfortable than shorts in oh, most yeah, cases. Totally. Yeah. So I'll be wearing this a lot this summer. It looks super cute on you and I want one now too. Okay. I'll send, <laughs> I'll link to it in the show notes and I'll send you the link right now. All right. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You can find us in between episodes on Instagram. We're hi girls next door. The show notes for this episode are in your podcast player and on our website, girlnextdoorpodcast.com. We always love to get your emails at highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. equitable yeah (laughs) i think i already said it's equal and it's It's equal equal. it's equal and it's equal i think i already said i agree with you so i'll just make this last (laughs) this last statement